as we hear from our gospel lesson today, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. Joseph called him Jesus. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, and for the word of God within us, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. All week, I kept thinking about what makes us who we are. I kept thinking about that as I thought about Joseph. You know, I, I lived in the same house from five years of age to when I graduated high school, and we had the best neighbors. The Ulins were a, a, a catty corner. The Wolfhams were across the street. The Strobels were next door, and the Strobels, our next-door neighbors, um, were amazing. If you knocked on their back door, Mr. Strobel would come with a bowl of candy I know. He was so kind. And he had an extra key to my house. Um, and so when I couldn't find mine, which was often, um, he would come to my rescue. I was a latchkey kid, and I enjoyed great independence until my mom and stepdad came home from work. I come from a long line of teachers, um, well, my grandfather and my mom, but that's a long line. And when I had LASIK um, on my eyeballs, Dr. Booth was giving $200 off for teachers. And I told him that I taught the Bible, and he said that that counted, and I got $200 off. <laughs> what makes us who we are? You know, Matthew begins his telling of the Christmas story with a trip through the lineage of Jesus's, Joseph's family of Jesus's family. I was going to read to you the first 17 verses of Matthew's gospel with that long detailed description of who begat whom, um, but I thought that you might all fall asleep. So I decided not to, but I still can if you want me to. Uh, the genealogy in Matthew's gospel goes all the way back to Father Abraham and travels through Joseph to Jesus a Joseph is related to King David by bloodline. So Jesus shows us in this genealogy, uh, Joseph shows up in this genealogy, and, and Jesus shows up in this genealogy by virtue of adoption. Now, there are five women listed in the genealogy, and these women all had a scandalous past. So Tamar is listed. Uh, her story is in Genesis 38, and it's some exciting stuff. Tamar posed as a prostitute so that her father-in-law Judah would fulfill his obligation according to the customs of leveret marriage so that if your husband died, you would then marry the brother. 
Well, Joseph, um, Judah didn't want that to happen, and so Tamar had to go to such desperate measures to trick her father-in-law um, because he didn't want to do what he was supposed to do. And then after Judah figured out that he had been tricked, he said that Tamar was more righteous than he was because he did not give Tamar his son to marry. Then we have Rahab. Now, the first thing wrong with Rahab is that she was a Canaanite. When the Hebrew people came to the promised land, there was one problem that it wasn't empty. There were people already there, uh, the Canaanite people. And the Hebrew people said that God was going to destroy the Canaanites and drive them out of the promised land, but it didn't work as well as the Hebrew people had hoped. Uh, the second thing that was wrong with Rahab is that she was also a prostitute. Uh, she was the one who saved jo Joshua and his spies by hiding them and then lying to the police about their presence. And then we have Ruth. Now, Ruth is a foreigner, another foreigner. She's a Moabite, not an Israelite. She became a widow and followed her mother-in-law, Naomi, to Bethlehem. And then she meets a family member, Boaz, when she's gleaning the fields. Gleaning is when you would gather the leftovers after the field had been harvested. Naomi sends her mother-in-law her mother to seduce Naomi sends her daughter-in-law, not her mother-in-law, her daughter-in-law to seduce Boaz so that he will marry her. I'm telling you, it's very scandalous stuff. The Bible's very exciting. The wife of Uriah is listed. Um, that's Bathsheba's husband. Bathsheba is the woman that King David had an affair with. And when she became pregnant, King David had her husband murdered. King David made Uriah carry the orders for his death to his superiors, to tell them to put him in the front of the line of battle so that he would be killed quickly. He carried his own death warrant. I mean, whenever you think someone's being mean to you, there are some levels of mean in the Bible. Carrying your own death warrant is like pretty high up there. And then we have um, Mary, Jesus's mother, Mary, is the fifth woman that is listed in this genealogy. And we know her story of becoming pregnant, not from her fiancé, but from the Holy Spirit. And I don't quite know how that works, but God is God, and I am not. So in Mary and Joseph's day, uh, engagement was a legal contract between families. You could only break engagement by going to the courts. Papers had been signed, families had made decisions, and, and Joseph was engaged to be married. So when Mary told Joseph that she was pregnant, he almost seemed too stunned to respond. We don't know what was the tipping point for Joseph. It may have been as Mary tried to explain what had happened about the visit from the angel Gabriel. It may have been her willingness to allow courage to be born alongside her fear as she said yes. It might have been her story of the angel Gabriel who spoke to her of the Holy Spirit overshadowing her. But Joseph must have just been sick to his stomach as he thought about what to do. Joseph knew what one of the Bible passages said about a proper response to his situation. In Deuteronomy 22, Mary should have been taken out and stoned to death in front of the people. But thanks be to God, Joseph was not a biblical literalist. Joseph is going to dismiss Mary quietly as a way to keep her from harm and keep her baby safe. But then he has a dream, and an angel visits him, just as angels had visited so much and so many of his ancestors. And what does the angel tell Joseph? 
do not be afraid. Guess how many times that exact phrase is in the Bible? 145, do not be afraid. And the angel explains everything to Joseph. And and when he wakes up, he follows the angel's instructions. He wakes up and, and he's able to see God and all that has happened. You know, we expect Joseph that he will do the right thing. And he does. He gets married and he decides to be the best father that he can to this holy child. He lives out of faith rather than being captured by fear. Matthew's gospel wants us to know that Joseph was a good man, a righteous man, implying that he knew his scripture backwards and forwards, and he ordered his life by the laws of the tradition. And yet his family tree had made him who he was. Joseph's family tree included women, which reminds us and possibly reminded Joseph of how God works in ways that are completely unexpected, sometimes even scandalous. I like to think that Joseph believed God was full of infinite, infinite merciful surprises, that it was far too much to use any scripture as a weapon for harm against Mary. Joseph's entire family tree was full of people who never got what they deserved, but people who always received and were the recipients of grace upon grace upon grace. And people and their stories who contributed to who Joseph was as a person and as a child of God. Joseph's own lineage made it just about impossible for Joseph to be legalistic in his faith. Because God had been way too gracious throughout his family's history for Joseph not to respond to Mary in the same way. In our Christian tradition, Joseph was a carpenter, and I see Joseph's carpentry at work here as he builds a a response of love in a world that is governed by so much law. You know, Jesus' genealogy has a lot to say about how God works in history, The women listed all had a past, and as scandalous as their pasts were, these women were who God embraced to be Jesus' ancestors. God takes their scandal, God takes their woundedness, and God uses it for good. In the same way, God takes our woundedness, God takes our tattered past, and God heals our scandal and helps us every day to find peace in our heart. God takes all of Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba and Mary, and God doesn't hide their past. God makes them a part of God's family in Jesus. You know, God embraces the outcast and the poor and the humble and the fallen and the sinful, and God makes us all a part of God's family You know, we try to hide the things that we have done wrong, the times that we have messed up, and we become consumed by by guilt. But remember these women, because God does not work in guilt. God doesn't make our past be a roadblock. God accepts us, all of us, and God helps us to find forgiveness with God and with ourselves That's what this time of year is all about, that God comes to earth in a little baby. God becomes one of us. God turns to us. 
Thanks be to God for God's mercy, for God's surprising grace, and for God's willingness to use even us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you.